The Productive Woman, Episode 435. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk about things we can do to boost our productivity. You'll find more information and links to some resources I mentioned in the episode, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 435. This episode is brought to you by Calm. Some mornings you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, or maybe you have a long day at work and there's still more to do, or maybe you've been feeling like you just can't catch a break. We never know what type of day we'll have, but Calm can help you handle every day. And that's why I'm so glad to be partnering again this year with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to help give you the tools that can improve the way you feel. Calm helps you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. Their guided meditations, their sleep stories, relaxing music tracks, and daily movement sessions are all designed to give you the tools to improve the way you feel. And by doing that, you can improve your productivity. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm, and I am happy to be one of them. Even if you've never meditated before, you'll get the support you need to reduce stress, improve focus, and uplift your mood. Their sleep stories can help you drift off quickly to recharge your brain. So crucial to living a productive life. And they're also great for getting kids to calm their minds at night. There are sleep stories specifically designed for kids. And that helps you rest assured that they're getting the sleep they need. If you go to calm.com slash TPW, you can take advantage of a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. So relax. Calm's got everything you need for a happier and healthier you. I think I mentioned before that I've been enjoying some of the music and soundscapes offered in the Calm app. There are dozens of playlists curated for different purposes. So whether you're looking for help in falling asleep or getting the morning off to a good start or anything between, there are calm playlists that will help. They offer several different yoga and movement playlists, for instance. They offer others to help you relax and unwind or uplift your mood. And they have some that are designed to help you focus, including study session and deep focus playlists. And all of these are in addition to the sleep stories and the guided meditations that I've mentioned many times. And as I said, for listeners of this podcast, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off their premium subscription at calm.com slash TPW. Just go to calm, C-A-L-M dot com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. Once again, that's calm.com slash TPW. Okay, let's get into our main topic for this episode. I think 
you know, it's probably because I've hosted a podcast about productivity for nearly nine years. I have frequent conversations about productivity. Many of those conversations, maybe most of them, center on someone feeling that they're not productive enough or their desire to be more productive. And I think it's worth the time and energy to evaluate this feeling or this attitude honestly to find that line between productivity that's adding value to your life and what's been termed toxic productivity. One article defines toxic productivity as essentially the drive to be productive at all times at the expense of all other pursuits. And the article says at its core, toxic productivity is simply a new term for workaholic with a fresh modern spin. And I mentioned that concept of toxic productivity Oh, I don't know. A few episodes back, it was the first time I had seen that term come up. And it's I, I'm seeing it showing up more and more in literature that I read uh, in, you know, in preparation for various episodes. Uh, and I think it's an important concept for us to to at least think about if we are feeling this drive to be productive all the time without really thinking through what we mean by being productive. And so that's something I'm going to be looking into uh, in episodes to come as we we talk about this concept. The, the idea that so many of us, particularly women, I think, maybe that's just because the, that's who I have the conversations with, but so many of us thinking about that and feeling like we're not productive enough. But if we have thought carefully about that question and are aware of that boundary between productivity in the best sense, in the sense that adds value to our life on the one hand, and this toxic productivity, we're aware of that boundary. There are things we can do to boost our productivity. And I think as a starting point, it's important to define what you mean by productivity. We can't hit an undefined target. And so the first step, I think, for boosting our productivity, if that's something we want to do, is to develop a clear vision, both for our life right now, what do we want our life to look like, and for our days in the more immediate sense, what do I want today to look like? What would it mean for this to be a productive day? And so defining what we mean by productivity and what we mean specifically by wanting to be more productive. What do you mean by that? If, if you have had that feeling that you're not productive enough or you want to be more productive, what does that mean to you? What would a more productive life look like? Um, at its most basic level, increased productivity just means achieving more results from less effort. One article I read put it this way in the kind of in the business context, increased productivity indicates greater output from the same amount of input. Thus, productivity growth is our opportunity to create more from less. And so what would that look like in your life? What results do you want to achieve that you're not achieving now that, that gives you this feeling that you need to be more productive? So really thinking about that and being very thoughtful and aware and intentional about 
what you mean when you say you want to be more productive. What results do you want to achieve? And what would need to change in order for you to achieve that vision for your life, for your day, for this week? Uh, but really thinking about that. So start. it starts with developing that real clear vision in our mind of what things need to look like. The second piece of that, I think, is we need to know ourselves, to know yourself, to know certain things about yourself. For instance, at the most basic level, understanding your own physiology. This is relevant to scheduling tasks. And by that, I mean, when do you have the most energy? in the course of a day or a week or a month, when are you the most energetic? When is it easiest for you to focus? Knowing that about yourself will help you to become more productive as you target those most energetic and most productive times to use those for the tasks that are most important to you. But also to know yourself as a person, what you want in the world, um, who, who you want to be in the world, and uh, this is relevant to setting goals or intentions for yourself because they should come out of what's most important to you. The values and priorities that are most important to you should define the goals and intentions you set for yourself. So understanding who you are, who you want to be in the world, and asking yourself, how does a person like that spend her time, energy, and attention? So when you understand who you are, something I used to say to our kids, uh, especially as they were teenagers, when they would go somewhere without us, usually the last thing I would say to them is, remember who you are. When you get out there in the world, remember who you are. And that line came from way back in the day. It's a line in the, the Lion King, the animated movie, and it just kind of stuck with us, with our household of, as you get out into the world and you're making choices, remember who you are, what's important to you, what values you cherish. Remember that person, remember who you are as you decide what goals to set for yourself, what intentions to set for a day. And knowing who you are is a kind of a prerequisite to remembering who you are as you do those things. So knowing yourself, remembering who you are and who you want to be in the world, knowing your physiology and knowing what obstacles come up for you, what throws you off track, both the internal and the external obstacles. What are your time thieves, which is a phrase I've seen used before. One article I read said, if you can identify your biggest time thieves, the activities or situations that throw you off course, distract or interrupt you, or the bad habits that keep you from performing better, you will improve your results much more quickly and learn how to be productive on a daily basis. So that's something we need to know about ourselves. I know certain things that distract me. I can, you know, go down rabbit holes in YouTube, or if I see certain things around the house that need attention, those things can distract me and pull me away from a more important task that maybe is more challenging for me. It's easy for me to kind of head off to some other part of the house to, to work on something that gives me the satisfaction of a quick apparent result, 
but isn't really productive because it wasn't the thing that I actually needed or, or wanted to get done in that period of time. So knowing that about yourself, knowing what obstacles, both internal and external, come up that throw you off course of the plan for your day or for your week, and then spending time to think about how can I prepare for those obstacles or interruptions so they don't throw me off track. So again, the, the, the second step of this is to know ourselves, who we are in the world, who we want to be, um, when we are most effective, and what obstacles can get in the way of us uh, achieving the results that we want. So that's number two. First, develop that clear vision of what you want your life and your day to look like. Know yourself, who you want to be in the world and what might get in the way of that. And then the third piece of this is to cultivate habits that help. Um, this is a huge way to boost our productivity, to look at the things we do habitually and cultivate the habits that actually move us in the direction of achieving those goals or intentions that matter to us. And so there are various habits we've talked about over the course of the years we've been, you know, doing this podcast. And I, I thought of a few that really were kind of top of mind for me these days. So the first one of these habits, and again, these are not in particular order other than just kind of how they occurred to me as I was thinking about this. The first habit is a habit of setting intentions for the day, for the week, for our life. So we can call them goals. I'm thinking in terms of intentions today, because to me, that's a more definite kind of thing. This is what I intend to do today. And it's so important to write these down, whether you're talking about a long-term or a short-term, writing our intentions, our goals down makes a huge difference. In an article on boosting productivity that was published by the American Psychological Association, and I will have a link to this and other articles that I'm mentioning all in the show notes for this episode, but this particular article, the authors noted that research is showing that establishing a habit of writing about goals can boost performance. And this article cites a study by Cheryl Travers, PhD, who's a professor at the School of Business and Economics at Loughborough University in Leicestershire, England. Um, in this study, she asked students to identify areas where they needed to improve, such as raising a grade in a class or increasing their concentration while studying. The students were asked to visualize desired outcomes and outline how they could put their goals into practice. And I want to stop there for a minute because I this is such an important thing to think about for each of us. If we visualize the desired outcome, when we are setting intentions, setting goals, however you want to describe this, we can start with visualizing the outcome that we want for that goal. And then outline, you know, she said she had them outline how they could put their goals into practice. So when we have visualized the outcome, then the next step is to just outline, make a list of what do I need to do to get from here to there. So that was a very important piece of what they were doing and something we can all put into practice. If we really want to set intentional goals and actually achieve them. This article goes on in talking about Dr. Travers' study. 
it says this, then the students kept diaries for three months to reflect on their goal progress. For example, students could write down what happened as they attempted to make a change in a particular situation, what worked well or not well, what could have been done better, and actions they could take going forward. And Dr. Travers found in this, the article says, that the reflective goal-related writing had a significant impact on their ability to perform better academically. And Dr. Travers is quoted in the article as saying, the act of writing something down seems to make us accountable to a goal. It also helps people write their way through a problem when they encounter barriers. So there's two pieces to this writing down our goals or our intentions. First, it simply makes it concrete. It makes it more real. And second, journaling about it, the process and what's working, what's not working, what obstacles we ran into and how we can maybe overcome them, it shows demonstrable results in helping people to achieve those goals. So writing them down is the first step, and writing about them can make such a difference in our achieving the results that we want. Second thing is to phrase them when we write them down in the positive. Instead of saying, I won't do this or I'm going to stop doing that, consider I will do this. So replace an undesired result. Instead of writing what you don't want to do, write about what you're going to do instead. Uh, it's also important as we set intentions or set goals to focus on just a few at a time. Uh, you know, I'd say two to three at the most to really give our attention and our energy to those things. And finally, review them regularly. So consider journaling about them daily as the article discussed about Dr. Travers study and what they did journaling about the progress toward the goal. So Setting intentions, setting goals is an important habit to develop if we want to boost our productivity. Another one is to, that is another habit we want to establish is creating intentional daily and weekly routines. Researchers in one paper defined routines as a repeated behavior involving momentary time commitment to a task that requires little conscious thought. The benefit of establishing routines is once they're established, we don't have to think about them anymore. So we're not using up our, you know, limited attention and energy deciding. Uh, we avoid that decision fatigue because we make the decision once and we create the routine that effectuates it going forward. Multiple studies in the articles that I've read show that having consistent routines provides benefits to our mental and physical health as well as to our productivity. So for one example, an article said this, researchers at Northwestern University find that daily routines make you more likely to effectively use your time. They say often no routine means you simply run out of time, leaving things undone and not making the most of your time. Rituals, the article says, help ensure you're productive even when you're not particularly inspired. Having to go back and forth about when you're going to start, what you're going to do, or how long you'll work saps your mental energy and willpower. To save time and energy, make a plan and stick with it every day. So that's just one description of the benefits of having intentionally crafted daily and weekly routines. I would say also include time for rest and fun and for moving your body. Those things contribute to our productivity. 
having a consistent, reasonable bedtime should be part of our daily routine. And we've talked about that in prior episodes about why that's important. And the other thing is to add one element of our routine at a time instead of trying to do a huge overhaul. So establishing those intentional daily and weekly routines is a really important habit for boosting productivity, as is crafting a thoughtful task list. It should be reflective of your vision of the, of the day you want, of the life you want. It should incorporate what's most important to you so that when you craft a task list for a day or for a week, high at the top of that list should be those things that are most important to you. Uh, it should be made up of actual achievable tasks, which are different from projects. And we've talked about this in the past. I'll try to remember to include links to a couple of episodes where we've kind of differentiated between a project and a task and, and our task list should be made up of the latter. Um, and our task list should be realistic in terms of the amount of time you have to accomplish the things that are on the list. Another important habit to cultivate in order to boost our productivity is the habit of single tasking. We talked before on this podcast, and I know, you know, lots of conversations happen about this concept of multitasking and this myth that women are better at it than men, for instance. Uh, But according to the American Psychological Association, multitasking actually undermines productivity. There's a Harvard Business Review article that talks about the fact that a temporary shift in attention from one task to another, say stopping what you're doing to answer an email or take a phone call, increases the amount of time necessary to finish the primary task by as much as 25%. So it is a myth that multitasking is productive. It it simply is not. We don't do multitasking. When we are trying to do more than one thing at the same time, what we're actually doing, our brains are task shifting and it slows us down and impairs our effectiveness and our accuracy in either task. And we've, again, we've talked about this before, this idea of multitasking as being a productive activity persists, even though there's plenty of studies that show it's, it's not true. So instead of multitasking, we need, I need, I think we all need to develop the habit of single tasking, to develop the habit of attention. And uh, that is focusing our attention on what we're doing in the moment, one thing at a time. And there are several ideas for expanding this habit and growing and, and fostering this habit of attention are outlined in the that previously mentioned article on boosting productivity that was published by the American Psychological Association. It cites several studies done on this topic. And one of them I thought was good by... Larry Rosen, PhD, who's professor emeritus of psychology at California State University, Dominguez Hills. He's done studies aimed at helping students and workers increase their attention span. So we can do it. It is a, like a muscle that we can strengthen. He noted how often his study subjects interrupted their work to attend to technology. So to look at their smartphones or something. 
one of the things he recommends, and, and the article goes into a little more detail on this, but is uh, to use tech breaks. Uh, that is to put our tech away, put the phone, turn the, the sound off, put it face down so we don't see alerts, etc. And we practice paying attention, starting by working on a specific task for 15 minutes and then maybe taking two minutes to check our phones, etc. And once we're good at staying focused for 15 minutes, then gradually increase the amount of time on task without allowing those tech interruptions. This We have to practice this because um, Rosen studies, the article says, have shown how being distracted can become a bad habit that ultimately decreases our effectiveness at work or in school. And so practicing paying attention is a, a habit well worth developing if we want to boost our productivity. Another tool or, or habit we can develop that can boost productivity is time blocking. Again, something we've talked about before. It's literally blocking out time on your calendar for certain tasks or, or types of tasks. What it does, what, what time blocking does is set boundaries around the time you're going to allow for the task. So you will be more focused, you're paying attention, and more effective at getting it done. Not So time blocking isn't just about setting a time to start working on it, but also a time to stop working on it. It puts those boundaries around the time that you're going to allow for that task. And what that does is get us, whether consciously or not, to work more uh, determinedly and in a more focused way. Think of how quickly you can get yourself ready for work. If you've overslept, you know, forgot to set your alarm and you wake up and you've got to leave the house in 10 minutes, uh, you can accomplish in that 10 minutes, something that might, you might otherwise spend half an hour doing. Think of how fast we can get our house ready. If we know somebody's going to be arriving uh, unexpectedly and, you know, in 30 minutes, uh, things again, that might take half the day to do, we get done very quickly when we've got a kind of a hard deadline because uh, someone's going to be showing up. So time blocking is a valuable tool, a valuable habit for boosting productivity because of those boundaries it sets around it. Be sure to take breaks when you time block. Almost every resource I looked at in preparing for this episode talked about different studies that show how important regular breaks, even short breaks, are in maintaining focus and productivity. So one example was in a Harvard Business Review article that said this, intermittent breaks for renewal, we have found, result in higher and more sustainable performance. This is reporting on studies that were done. It goes on to say the length of renewal is less important than the quality. It is possible to get a great deal of recovery in a short time, as little as several minutes, if it involves a ritual that allows you to disengage from work and truly change channels. That could range from getting up to talk to a colleague about something other than work, to listening to music on an iPod, to walking up and down stairs in an office building. While breaks are countercultural in most organizations and counterintuitive for many high achievers, their value is multifaceted. So really important that we build uh, breaks into our workday. 
and finally, I would say, in addition to having a clear vision for your life and for your day, knowing yourself, cultivating these habits that help, the other thing we can do to boost our productivity is to seek accountability. One article I read notes in a discussion about productivity at work the following. It says, if you want to increase your work productivity, having someone holding you accountable can really help. Find a colleague who's interested in boosting their own productivity and hold weekly mutual check-ins or create a personal diary system to hold yourself accountable to regularly updated goals, keeping you on track. And this article was talking specifically about work productivity, but it applies to any area of our lives where we want to develop new habits or otherwise become more productive. And by that, I mean produce new or better results that we have determined for ourselves that we want to achieve. So having some sort of accountability, whether it's through journaling it and making note of your progress or actually finding an accountability partner whether it's a friend or a coworker or a coach, uh, depending on the, the area that you're trying to improve your productivity in, finding someone like that where you can mutually hold each other accountable to goals or, or intentions that you're trying to achieve can make a huge difference. So those are just a few thoughts that I've had on this idea of boosting productivity. I think whatever results we want to achieve in our own life, these things represent kind of the basics, I think, for establishing a meaningfully productive life. Probably the most important piece of this, though, is to be intentional about it, to be thoughtful about setting standards for yourself on purpose based on your own values, defining productivity in a way that means something to you, and certainly to recognize if you're veering toward that toxic form of productivity. So I'd love to know what you think about this. What does being more productive mean to you? If, if you found yourself thinking or saying, I, I need to be more productive or I'm not productive enough, what does that mean exactly? What results would you like to achieve that you're not achieving now? And what steps can you take uh, to boost your productivity as you've defined it for yourself. I'd love to hear from you about that. You can share your ideas, your thoughts on this, or any questions you might have in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 435, or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, you can certainly post your thoughts about it there and we can continue the conversation in that group. As a reminder, if you're not yet a member, if you're a woman who listens to this podcast and you haven't joined us in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, this is a private Facebook group. Anyone can find the group by searching the Productive Woman Community in Facebook, but only those of us who are in the group can see who's in the group and what we're talking about. And so if you think uh, that might be helpful, uh, whether as a place to just continue these conversations or maybe to find an accountability partner in an area where you're trying to improve your productivity, 
you can certainly look for us there. Join us there. Uh, be sure to answer the questions. Uh, there are just a couple of questions that I will look at to make sure that uh, you're really an actual person who wants to become a part of this group, a woman who listens to this podcast. And I'd love to welcome you there. As always, if you'd prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Remember, for listeners of this podcast, Calm is offering that exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Uh, This is another way we can help develop our habit of attention by doing some of their guided meditations. And you can learn more about it by going to calm.com slash TPW. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Uh, As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I, I don't take it for granted. I appreciate your attention and your being a part of this community with me. I hope you felt like it was time well spent and that you found something in it that's encouraging or helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.